0: What a blessing it is to be able to be in the house of the Lord and to be able to worship our God in virtual space. We thank God for being able to serve and worship him on what we consider to be the last communion Sunday of 2021. God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Good morning, good morning, good morning, especially to all of those who are watching us online. If you're watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room found on our church website, welcome to what we call St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and our social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So we want you to do us this favor real quick. If you're on Facebook, share on your personal timeline, tag people you would like to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, then text the link of this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. And also we would like for you to do us this wonderful favor. If you are watching us um, uh, in those various mediums, if you would, just put the city and state where you're watching us from so that we can take delight and uh, continue to give God praise for being uh, a global ministry at this time. Those of you who are able in the house, if you would stand on your feet, put your hands together. Reverend Brenda Richardson is going to come. She's going to lead us in our worship. Amen. Uh, boy, that's that's weak. Let me try that again. Put your hands together for our God. There you go. There you go. If you're watching us online, amen. I see you on the Zoom congregation. Put those hands together, give God praise. Reverend Richardson, would you come?
1: Good morning, everybody. I said, good morning. Oh come, let us adore him. Oh come, let us adore him. Let us adore the God of our salvation, amen. Oh, it's December the 5th, the last month of the year, the last communion of the year, and you're here. Last year you were not here for communion, so let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate a God that is making a way. Oh, he woke you up this morning. We have so much to be grateful for. You have a reasonable portion of your health and strength and mind. So let us worship God like never before. Are you anticipating God's coming? This is what Advent is all about. We're anticipating that our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. Ah, what a wonderful, wonderful celebration. Let us continue in our worship by joining the choir and it came upon a midnight's clear. You've got your mask on, but I want you to sing as loud as you can. Amen.
2: All yeah. right.
3: This is my mom's Andrea, and this is my best friend, Nadira. This is the second Sunday of Advent. We began the Advent last Sunday by lighting the first candle, the candle of hope. It is lit today to remind us that Christ is coming to fulfill God's promises, and that through it all we still have hope. This morning we light the candle, the second candle, which represents peace. We want to do the right thing, wearing masks, social distancing, and remembering to wash our hands. But we also want to be able to enjoy the season which seems almost impossible. We have we have got to do what per, put right what has gone wrong, to heal what is broken, to mend relations to mend relationships, to remain healthy, and to prepare for the coming of Jesus. The prophet Malachi reminds us that there is work to be done. May this season of Advent be a time of peace, and as together we expectantly to for soon coming Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's scripture is Malachi 3, verses 1 through 4. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. that that they may offer the Lord an offering of righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We give you honor, we give you glory, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for gracing us with your presence um, and for allowing us to dwell in this space. We thank you, Lord, that we are all alive and we are healthy and we're here and able to worship you today. Um, we thank you again just for bringing us here mm. and allowing us to just give you all the glory and the honor and the praise that you deserve we pray dear lord that your people will see your works um, through our deeds and service unto you and um, may they come to know you and want to come to know you to come to serve you and to worship you and these and all things we ask in your name amen
1: amen 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 Amen. let's put your glad hands together thanking this family for leading us in our advent observance you may have your seats in the presence of the lord we will continue in our worship
4: If you ever needed a reminder for why we come here that's it right there that's it right there guys we come here to worship the lord the lord of all and we come here to celebrate him especially what he's going to do for us through jesus christ what he has done for us celebrate that this season amen amen oh man it's uh man it's good to be with you all here again this morning oh, man i'm so uh, excited. Um, as we kind of dig in. This will be the last part of our Armor of God series. Um, I have enjoyed um, this series. Um, I was telling my dad, I feel like because of sickness and everything that's kind of happened with with me and missing a couple Sundays here and there, we've drug this this series out for about a couple months now. But hey, if it means us knowing the Armor of God a little bit more and kind of sitting with it for a while, then I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. Uh, man, uh, um, before I begin, I want to remind, uh, our middle school and high school kids, we got Bible study, um, coming up on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night at seven o'clock. And remember Sunday morning live this afternoon at two o'clock. Um, we hope to see you there, both Reverend Richardson and I. So please man, come out, come out. Our teachers are waiting for you and they are awesome. They are awesome. So man, this, this, last, uh, this last week of our Armor of God series has us dealing with a part of the armor that we cannot forget, we cannot forget. The title of our um, impact moment, my message for the children and youth this morning is this, and pray, and pray. Our memory verse comes from Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this, guys. And pray in the Spirit, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Guys, the bottom line, the main point I want us to get from today's message is this. Always pray in the battle. Always pray in the battle. Man, guys, prayer... Prayer is hard. Can I say that? Prayer is hard. And the reason that I say prayer is hard is because growing up, man, I always learned this this basic, you know, kind of routine prayer. And for me, it was before I went to bed at night or, you know, sometime, you know, maybe over the course of the evening, I would say this prayer is usually before I went to bed though. Sometimes I've even said it as I was falling asleep. But I would pray and I would ask God. I would, or I would say, "Thank you, Lord for thank you for Mom, thank you for Dad, thank you for Rachel, who's my sister." And then God bless so and so, God bless so and so, God bless so and so. I just keep naming names, and we'd bless everybody. I'd run through, you know, uh, the whole family line and some, and I, and I'd say it, and it would be, you know, my my word to God about you know wanting to bless all the people in my life and thanking Him for them. Now, this basic prayer was was very important, don't get me wrong, because it taught me at the very least how to pray. It taught me some of the things that I should say. Well, yeah, we thank God for the people in our life. We ask him to bless, to watch over those in our life, family, friends, and everyone that we come into contact with that we would like to pray for. But now, when I, as I got older, I learned and I realized that this prayer was just to start me off. This prayer was just the beginning of my prayer life. As I got older, it became, well now Peyton, what do you wanna talk to God about? And more importantly, how can you listen to him when you pray? So man, when, when, when I got to college, I first began learning what it looks like to actually have a really authentic and an awesome prayer life with God. That for me, there was, um, there was the running prayer that we talked about and that was talking to God on the run, which is the one I'm really good at. I mean, I can talk to God when I'm in the car, obviously eyes open. I can talk to God when I'm in the car, eyes open. I can talk to him when I'm just going about my day or if I see something, I'm like, God, thank you so much for this. That, that's the running prayer. That's where we notice something during our day and we just, we call God's attention to it or we call our own attention to it through prayer. And then there's what we call the closet prayer. This is what I call the war room prayer, man. This is, this is what the movie War Room was about, man. This is when you sit on your knees at, at night, when you sit by your bedside, you bow your head, you close your eyes, man, and you give your all to God in one moment and you just go deep into prayer with God. You see, these running prayers, man, these, are, these both are important. One, man, is throughout the course of our day making sure that we have ongoing conversation with God but then that closet prayer man that is where transformation happens that is where we need to remember that we need to be deep in prayer with god at night and whenever we can to really really go ahead and soak up everything that god would have for us now what i like to think about when i think of prayer guys is prayer is our spiritual wi-fi now what i mean by this man prayer being our spiritual wi-fi and we all know we love our wi-fi It keeps our phones running. It keeps our games going. It keeps the Fortnite playing for all the kids out there that love to play that just like I do. But man, see, man, prayer being our spiritual Wi-Fi, man, it helps us. It keeps us connected to God wherever we go. And if we don't use it, man, we're going to be stuck with some horrible coverage, guys. We're gonna be stuck with some horrible coverage, a horrible connection that will leave us with poor access and man, a limited signal when it comes to man reaching out to the one that is gonna be able to give us all that we need. Guys, the last thing we want is to have a poor connection with God when we're trying to fight this battle that we are called to fight in scripture. The spiritual battle as we fight against Satan and his schemes, we need to realize that prayer completes our armor. If we don't make prayer a part of it, we run the risk of being powerless and our armor will be ineffective in trying to defend against Satan's attacks and anything that he sends our way. Because if we barely talk to Jesus, the Lord of our life, the savior of the world, the one that's given us, given us his love, man, if we don't talk to him, if we don't reach out to God through Jesus, man, we, we will not be able to stand a chance in this battle that we are called to face. So guys, we need to always pray in battle. Now with this being our bottom line, this being our main point, there are a couple things I wanna tell you guys that we should always be in prayer for when we are in battle, is that okay? Can I tell us that this morning? Man, the first thing is this, guys, we need to always pray in battle for God to give you what you need to fight every day. Every day we need to be in prayer, guys, because every day the battle takes place. Every day the battle goes on, it doesn't stop. The night before, the morning of, we need to lift up our requests to God. We need to pray for the things that we're anxious about, the things that we're worried about, the things that are on our mind, whether it be a test that is coming up or a family member that is sick, that needs healing. We need to lift up these requests to God. But then also too, man, we do this because we know that God is gonna be able to give us the peace that we need to go about our day. So if it's peace that we need, if it's patience, to be able to be patient with others in love, we all know we need a little bit of that, amen? But whatever it is, we need to lift it up to God in prayer. But then it's also if we're battling temptation, before we even go into the battle against temptation, Satan will try to, man, get our mind, to get our heart on different things in our life that will lead us away from God. So the best thing to do is to counteract that by going ahead and going to God in prayer. Asking for God to give us the strength to fight temptation. But more than that, that we would choose him over the temptation. That we would choose him over whatever Satan is trying to use to tempt us with to sin and go against God. The next thing is this. We need to always pray in battle for the lost souls who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Man, I... Every, every time I pray, guys, in, the coming, in in recent days, and especially as I've gotten older, I love to pray for the people in my life that do not know Jesus. The family, the friends, the people in my life that I see that if God, if Jesus came back today, man, they would not know Him. They would not be in heaven with Him because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And my heart breaks for them. I want them to know Jesus. So maybe when we think about these people in our life that don't know Jesus, even the one, especially the ones that are closest to us, lift them up to God in prayer that God would lead them to Jesus, that he would send people to men, preach to them, to teach to them, to come alongside of them and give them encouragement to know the Lord. The next thing is this guys, we need to always pray in battle for fellow Christians who were doing battle with us while we were on mission for Jesus Christ. Guys, we see the church right now. We see St. Paul. We know the ministry that we are doing here. And we need to constantly be in prayer for how we reach out to those around the community here in the Belmont community and in Charlotte. But also guys, we need to be in prayer for the church worldwide, for the church universal. There are Christians everywhere in the world, guys, that are dealing with persecution, that are dealing with different sufferings. There are some Christians, other, where, other places in the world that I learned about growing up that have lost their lives preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be in prayer for them that God would give them the strength in the moments that they need it most. And then lastly, guys, is this. We need to always be in prayer. And in the ba- We need to always pray in the battle for God to keep our minds alert and aware of where his fingerprints are in our life. Guys, Satan would love to see you forget about what God has done in your life. He would love to see you develop what I love to call spiritual amnesia, where we forget about the things that God has done in our lives, where we forget how he has answered our prayers. But guys, we need to keep a running prayer list in our phone or on our journal. The different prayer requests that we have that come up, write them in your phone, write them in your journal, tell mom or dad what it is that you're gonna pray about that night. Because guys, what one of my mentors said in college is that, man, if we are able to keep track of these prayers, man, we are able to keep track of God's hand in our life. We are able to trace his fingers. We're able to know how he moves. And that is so important. That is so important guys. This can help us divide, man, our prayers into making them deeper and man, really pointing out the different different subjects, the different areas of our life that need prayer. So guys, I wanna challenge you this week to find a good strategy. Maybe find something that works for you because guys, we need a battle plan when it comes to prayer. And that's how I wanna leave, that's why I wanna leave you today. Develop a battle plan guys, whether it's on Sundays, praying for St. Paul, praying for church, or even the family that you see afterwards, or on Monday, praying for school and praying for the teachers in your school or the friends that you will meet. If it takes dividing your prayer life up like that, however it may be, let's develop a strategy. Let's develop a game plan, a battle plan to always, always pray in the battle. Amen. Guys, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and close this impact moment out with prayer. I feel like that's only fitting as we close our armor of God with one of the most important spiritual weapons that we have. Dear Lord, thank you so, so very much for how you have interacted with us through this series about the armor of God. God, I pray that we would know that prayer is so effective, it is so powerful, and that a God, if we neglect it, if we put it to the side, man, our armor will be ineffective. We want our armor to be effective, God. We want our lives to be so full of your spirit. God, help us to reach out to you each and every day to think of you, to remember you, to remember your love, and to always be looking for where you are moving in our lives. We love you so much, God. Thank you for the ways that you have loved us. Help us to be in constant conversation with you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, thank you guys.
0: Good morning. God is great and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. We're certainly delighted and elated to be back in the house of the Lord one more time. Before I move on with my pastoral observations, I'm going to ask that our board chair, uh, Sister Gwen, would you come and make a special presentation to our congregation? There is a mic right there and you can come. You want to do it from there or you want to do it up here? Oh, would you come up here then? All right.
5: Now it's on. Good morning, St. Paul. How's everybody doing? It is so great to be back here again. I've been traveling this two Sundays. This morning, I want to introduce our two board members. We are blessed, guys, to have servant leaders who give of their time, and their talents, and their gifts. To help lead uh, this church under Pastor Scott's direction. We have two board members who are rolling off because their terms have expired, and we will re- we will recognize them at a different Sunday when they're here. But this morning we have two new board members that I would like for them to stand up or come forward. Pastor Scott, won't you?
0: Um, why don't we have them to just stand up? Stand
5: up, okay. So, so uh, the first one that is our new board member.
0: No, have him come forward.
5: He wants you to come forward, okay. Lisa Murray lisa please come on down lisa has been with st paul since 2013 and lisa is the vice president of the women's baptist foreign missionary society for the state of north carolina so she has a lot of responsibility and a lot of leadership experience doing that at the state level but she's been a servant leader at st paul since 2013. our other board member uh kendall owlsby come on down man ken has been with St. Paul since 1993 and Ken has been vice chair of the finance committee guys for 25 years. That's a long time, mm-hmm. but we are fortunate to have their leadership because guys in the, we had people applied. We did interviews as a collective board, and I want us to congratulate and welcome our two new board members. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: I think they're to get your picture. So as she, you want to go, yeah, go down there and take a picture. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. All right. Have those two roses between that thorn on his skin. 1911 was a great year, man. It was a great year. Amen. Amen. While they're taking that picture, let me, if I could, uh, move us along as far as our worship experience is concerned, because we have a lot of things I want us to cover um, <clears throat> the board members that are rolling off are Brother Deacon Alfred Alexander and Deacon Deborah Reed. And at a later date, we're going to present them with a special uh, citation and notation for their their years of service. This past Friday, we had the marriage tune-up with our marriage ministry. And uh, I want to thank uh, Team Davis, Chantez and Asia, and Team Lee, Quincy, and uh, Christy. For hosting this um, this past Friday, uh, Pierre and I had a wonderful time as far as sharing this that, with that, and we are excited about Love Notes 2022 that'll be taking place in February, and our facilitators and um, uh, um, will be Bishop Rudolph and Sister Estelle McKissick Senior from Jacksonville, Florida. They are in their nineties. Uh, They've been married for almost 60 years, uh, but they have great minds and have a lot to share. And so we're looking forward to them uh, leading us as far as our um, Love Notes 2022 is concerned. Sunday Morning Live for Kids and Teens will be taking place this afternoon at 2. We're still in Bible study, um, and um, that will be taking place on this Thursday at noon and replay at 7. Let me just share that we have uh, all COVID vaccinations will be here at St. Paul on Wednesday, December the 15th, 2021. Uh, We will have all three formulas, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. And this is open for all of those who need to get a first dose, a second dose, and a booster dose. And the time is going to be from 10 to 5 p.m. And then finally, just want to let you all know that we are looking at raising funds uh, and purchasing supplies for our annual tour drive for family in needs. Our money goal for this year is $4,000, and we're planning for that giveaway to take place on Saturday, December the 18th. Reverend James Burney is working out the details on how we're going to serve this year, um, but we're trying to raise at least $4,000 to be a blessing to families, and particularly children, who may not have such a festive holiday. So please, ma'am, please, sir, in your generosity, if you would, take that under consideration. As we move forward, as far as this time of prayer is concerned, there are several prayer concerns that I want to uh, bring before you. Um, Sister Joanne Potts-Smith, who has surgery, Deacon Michael Underwood, who who, uh, is continuing to recuperate. Uh, Howard Moore, uh, Reverend Paul Drummond, our pastor emeritus, and his wife, Lady Thomasina. We want to continue to lift up Artie Clyburn, uh, Alice Iselle Livingston. We want to lift up Sister Tia Reed, uh, who had surgery as well. Then we have families that are dealing with death as far as their own grief is concerned the family of sister lois harrison the aunt of dr sherelle fuller the viewing is going to be today from three to five at Hines funeral home in martinsville virginia funeral will be tomorrow at the greater international pentecostal church in martinsville virginia at 1 p.m the family of sister louise brewer the grandmother of disciple brother kyle knolls And the granddaughter-in-law of Disciple Felicia Knowles, her services will be this Wednesday, December the 8th, at St. Paul Baptist Church. The viewing will be at 11, and the service will be at noon. We also want to lift up the family of Deacon Sadie Simpson, the wife of Deacon Bobby Simpson. Her services were here yesterday. The family of Sister Sarah Young, the mother of um, Disciple Betty Staten services were yesterday at the house of rosedale home of funerals here in charlotte the family of jorleen hayes the sister of disciples uh, donna gabriel kathy brown and alice azale livingston Uh, memorial service was held yesterday in atlanta georgia the family of sister Hellis harris barrett the uh, sister of disciple uh, brother willie harris and those services were in marshville north carolina and then the family of sister eleanor lee the wife of disciple john lee um we want to continue to lift those families up in prayer i'm going to ask that at this time that reverend brenda richardson will come and that she will take us to the throne of grace as far as our prayer concerns
1: let us pray our father who art in heaven Oh, God, we worship you today, and we take this time out just to say thank you, God, for all that you are doing in our lives. God, we pray that you would forgive us now of all uh, sins of omission and commission, anything that would keep us from being like you and, and close to you, God. Holy Spirit, come, saturate this place. God, we pray mightily for those that are in sickness, God. We pray that you would go into every operating room. God, touch the physicians, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we pray that you would go into every hospital room, surround every hospital bed with your caring angels. God, we pray right now that you would comfort and keep them, God, and let them live on, God. We thank you now for all that you're doing for those families that are in bereavement, God. There is some finality that's happening, God, but it's not final in your eyes, God. So take these families, protect them, God, as they're going through this time of bereavement, God, and camp around them, God. Let them know that no matter what, you still love them, God, and they can rejoice in knowing that their family members are now with you. So, God, in the meantime, on this side, comfort them, God. Give them people that will come around and family members that won't forget about them during this season, but will come and make them a part of everything that is happening, God. Let us be that that stands in the gap for those families, God, that are missing their loved ones at this time. God, we pray that you would bless as only you can. Anoint the families as only you can. Keep them together during this season of bereavement, God. You have the final say. And God, we know this. So God, we pray that everything that you do is honorable. Everything that you do is great. Everything that you do is perfect. And God, we accept your will in our name, in, in our lives, God. And we thank you now, even for this time of prayer. We thank you for this time of prayer is hallowed. It is set aside to worship you, God, and to give you thanks for those that have gone on, God. And we pray that you have blessed their families in a mighty, mighty way. We thank you for all that you're doing. And God, we even thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And it is in your name that we do pray.
0: Amen. Amen. If you believe that God is answering that prayer right now, can you give God praise for answered prayers? thank you uh reverend uh, richardson uh, for that prayer Um, at this time we're going to ask that you will continue to worship through the act and action of giving and as we prepare to give um, this is a wonderful time to be reminded of what god has given unto us and that's his son jesus christ as we prepare to give there are three ways you can give here at saint paul the first one is by Mailing check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte 28205, or dropping off your check, cash, or money order here at the church. Uh, but if you decide to do that, please call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. The second way you can give is through ACS or Church Life on our website. And the final way you can give is to Givelify. And if you don't have that... Uh, app on your smart device download it connect it to your favorite credit card and in three clicks you can give as We prepare to give let's be mindful. We are asking for a special Donation as far as our toy drive is concerned and I'm going to give a hundred dollars uh, in that effort We want to try to at least raise four thousand dollars to help those who may be less fortunate than others Uh, For those that are in-house, if you have a physical offering, um, after we pray, there's a basket on the row in front of you where you can place that physical offering, and we will receive it through our account team. So however you're giving this morning, uh, if you would raise your offering uh, in your right hand, we want to give God what's right, not what's left, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, in this season of giving, we thank you because you first gave to us. And as we come and we give right now, God, we pray that you will bless these gifts of ours. Multiply them in a godful way that we will continue to serve you through witness, work, and word, and worship. Take these gifts of ours, O oh God, and bless them in a mighty way. For those that are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, there's a promise connected to your word. For those that are giving something, enhance their faith. For those who feel like they don't have to give anything, God, we pray that you will convict them that they can't beat you giving no matter how hard they try. They're sowing in the great soil here at St. Paul Church, and for that we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. If you would, if you have a fiscal offering, just drop it in the basket in front of you, and our account team will receive it.
2: Saint April.
0: word of God this morning comes from James chapter 5. And If you have your Bibles, if you would join us at that moment as far as scripture is concerned today. James chapter 5. We want to look at verses 1 through 6 as far as today's sharing is concerned. As we continue the series of sermons, Becoming a Better You, these words are written in the New King James Version of Scripture. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, And their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as a day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. He does not resist you. I want to preach for the time that is mine. Don't be a Scrooge. Don't be a Scrooge. One of my favorite stories around this time of the year is A Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens. And in that particular book, a mean-spirited, stingy old man named Ebenezer Scrooge sits in his office on Christmas Eve counting his money. His clerk, Bob Cratchit, is shivering in the other room because Scrooge is too stingy to buy heating coals for the fire. Scrooge reacts to the holiday season with bitterness and venom while proclaiming the infamous words, bah humbug, to anyone who says to him, Merry Christmas. Later that evening, Scrooge is at his cold apartment sitting in the dark when he is visited by the ghost of his dead partner, Jacob Marley. Looking old and haggard, Marley tells Scrooge that he is being punished in the afterlife for being oppressively greedy while he was alive. Jacob is condemned to wander the earth, carrying heavy clanking chains. Marley tells Scrooge he will suffer the same fate if he does not change his stingy, wicked ways. Marley tells Scrooge that over the next three days, three spirits will visit him in his sleep. Scrooge encounters the first ghost, the ghost of Christmas past. The spirit carries Scrooge to his past when Scrooge was engaged to a beautiful young lady named Belle. However, Belle left Scrooge because of his lust for money was greater than his love for her. Scrooge shed tears of regret of a love that had been lost. The next night, the ghost of Christmas present appeared to Scrooge. This ghost takes Scrooge through the streets of London to show him what's gonna happen during that year around Christmas time. The Cratchits were having a meal in their modest home and Scrooge sees Bob's son, Tiny Tim, who is disabled and on crutches. The next stop is at Scrooge's nephew's house, Fred, where they're enjoying the festivities of the Christmas holiday season. And then towards the end of the day, this ghost shows Scrooge two starving children that were underneath his coat, ignorance and want. Then there appears the ghost of Christmas yet to come, where Scrooge sees scenes of an unnamed man's recent death. Scrooge sees businessmen talking about the dead man's riches and possessions. Gypsies were trading his personal effects for money. And a poor couple is glad that this man is dead because he was a horrible creditor. Scrooge wants to know the name of the dead man. And the ghost of Christmas yet to come transports them to a church graveyard. Then that spirit points to a grave. And the headstone of the grave reads Ebenezer Scrooge. He begs the Christmas spirit of yet to come to alter his fate. And Scrooge promises to renounce his greedy, stingy ways and embrace the Christmas spirit. Scrooge is then transported back to his bed and tucked under his covers. Christmas morning, he's just happy to be alive. Scrooge jumps out of bed with this wonderful zeal for the Christmas day. He sends a giant Christmas turkey to the Cratchit's house. He stopped by his nephew Fred's house to... Enjoyed the Christmas party and to the amazement of everybody, their surprise, he showed up. From that day on, Scrooge honors Christmas with newfound joy. He even treats Tiny Tim like his own son. He lavishes his gifts upon the poor. And he treats people with kindness, generosity, and warmth. Church... Hundreds of years before Charles Dickens ever put pen to parchment to write this Christmas tale, James, the younger brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, writes to the Christians in Jerusalem about rich, arrogant non-believers who owned land and oppressed the poor. This is part of the reason why James tells the church Not to show favoritism to the rich in James chapter 2. Most likely, these wealthy people were making life miserable for the disciples in Jerusalem. If you take in the words that James has written, James sounds more like the prophets of the Old Testament. Prophets like Amos and Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Micah, and even Malachi. He reads them the riot act about hoarding their money and keeping their clothes in storage while not wearing them. He says, your gold and your silver corrode. Their clothes are in the closet with the tags still on them, but they have holes Because the moths have destroyed them. Maybe James is using the idea. Of how our material possessions are deteriorating. To encourage us not to put our trust in what we have. Let's be honest. Some of the meanest and most arrogant people we know. Are wealthy beyond our wildest imagination. One of them is the previous president of the United States of America. Arrogance, greed, and irreverence were the mixtures of his power political cocktail. James, in this text, is giving us insight into the sociology of his day. And back then, you had two primary economic classes, the rich and the poor. There was no such thing as the middle class. You had a handful of people controlling 90% of the land and trade. Wealth was measured in how much food you had in the granary, what kind of clothes you were wearing, and what kind of metals you possess. This is what capitalism has created in our society today. People have become rich. And filled with hubris through political machinations and economic manipulation. Do you not realize that our market system has caused the degradation of humanity? Do you not know that right now, even as I speak, money value is being created out of thin air? In the past, you had what was called the gold standard that supported the dollar. Now, we just ascribe a value to the dollar, but sooner or later, that will come crashing. The times in which we live are somewhat similar to what James is writing about. The rich continues to become richer with little or no regard for the poor. The rich don't care about climate change, and they certainly don't care about the have-nots. Arrogant rich people have used politicians, governmental systems, buying favor from judges, and they believe that no one is better or higher than them. Most arrogant rich people do not believe in God. I would dare say is not much difference then as it is now. However, let me go on record to inform you That capitalism nor socialism is part of the economy of God's kingdom. God is not a capitalist. And God is not a socialist. God is a God of justice, righteousness, and grace. So as you and I navigate through this Christmas season, how can we avoid being like Scrooge before Scrooge had a change of heart? Let me, if I could, submit to you a couple of things, and then I'll bid you adieu. Because every time I preach about money, folks get real quiet. Uh, Every time I talk about money, you can hear a rat lick lard. I know I'm preaching good right now. So, so, so how do we avoid being, being like Scrooge? First of all, avoid the trickery of fake treasure. Avoid the trickery of fake treasure. One of the things I want to clear up as we move down this sermonic track is this. James nor God has any issue with money. It is not a sin to be rich. There is nothing wrong with being wealthy. I heard somebody say, thank you, Lord. I might need to see you after church. Nothing wrong with cash and clothes and cars. Nothing wrong with lovely homes and fine dining and beautiful jewelry. The problem is when you let your money become God. The problem is when you allow for wealth to become the ultimate pursuit of your life. The problem is when you allow material possessions to possess you. It is not a crime to have money, but I'm here to let you know you can go to hell when money has you. The Bible is replete With men and women who loved God and who were wealthy. The story of Job is about a rich man, but his wealth did not have him. Because even when he lost his wealth and his family, he held on to his faith in God. Abraham, when God came to him in the land of his father... And told him to leave his father's house and go to a land that God would show him. Along that journey, Abraham accumulated wealth. But he kept God at the front and center of his life. David, the second king of Israel, brought the country together and became very rich. And he was still considered a man after God's own heart. When you come to the New Testament, there's a woman by the name of Lydia. Lydia who was the maker of purple dye. She was a rich woman who was a follower of Jesus Christ and a funder for the early church. So, so who is James talking about? James is talking to those persons who had so much money and were still unsatisfied. They had so much money, but they did not share their wealth, and they were never generous. Their motto is, get all you can and can all you get. When you have fake treasure, you will hoard it. Money is to work for us, but we're not to worship money. God does not want you and me to hoard our treasure. God wants us to put our treasure to use. And there's a difference between saving and hoarding. When you save, when you invest, you are doing it with a principled purpose in mind. But you're not doing it so you can boast or brag. You're doing it so you can use it to be a blessing for somebody else. But when you put your trust in your treasure... Sooner or later, you will get your feelings hurt because you will discover how fake your treasure is. Here's when you can tell the difference between real and fake treasures. You can't share your fake treasure. You can't give it away. But real treasure can be shared. And when you look at what God did within the realm of creation... God put into the creation cycle the aspect of giving. Here it is. As we get, we give. And as we give, we get. There is this reciprocity built into the economy of God that fake treasure cannot stand up against. When God created, God gave. God put into creation giving capacity. If you don't believe me, look at everything around you. It has the tendency to give. The sun gave. The moon gave. The earth gave. The stars gave. The trees gave. The birds gave. Animals gave. Flowers gave. And humanity gave. But when sin enter the equation, it is no longer give, 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 but it's get, get, get. Humanity became a greedy getter and that's when things change for the worse. I discovered Reverend Richardson that a bell is not a bell until you ring it. A song is not a song until you sing it. Joy is not joy until you share it. Love is not love until you give it away. And wealth is not wealth until it's put into circulation. Jesus said it best in Luke 638. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over will be put in your bosom for the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you james is letting us know when you don't use your wealth correctly you will watch it corrode don't let your treasure deteriorate mildew and rust put it to better use by being a blessing to somebody else There's something else that James would teach us, and this is seen in verse 4 and 6. James would tell us to abstain from the tyranny of fraudulent treasure. Abstain from the tyranny of fraudulent treasure. James is dealing with these wealthy, arrogant landowners who have been oppressing the poor. Ah, James wants us to understand that in this text, injustice is occupying center stage. And unfortunately, back then, like now, these field hand, these laborers were living hand to mouth. They were already broke. And whatever paycheck they got really didn't help ends meet. They needed their money. But notice how the rich, arrogant landowner flowed. The landowner would keep the money until the end of the harvest to keep the workers from leaving them. If the workers, the field hands protested, the rich would have them blacklisted. If the poor Tried to appeal their case before judges. The rich had better legal representation. Sounds like today. Doesn't it? James talks to the oppressed. Who had worked the fields. And had yet to be paid. And their oppression was upsetting God. The late Dr. James Hale Cone. Black liberation theologian was right. God is the God of the oppressed. There were no labor laws, no labor unions, and no labor negotiations back then. The workers had no one to help them against the wealthy landowner. Like Scrooge, the worker got whatever the landowner wanted to give him whenever the landowner wanted to pay him. It was the have versus the have not. See, back then, the worker was supposed to be paid at the end of every day. When sundown came, the worker was supposed to get his money. Not next week, not on the 15th and the 30th, not once a month, but at sundown. However, this rich, arrogant landowner Held on to his fraudulent treasure. And he would use a plethora of excuses to not pay the field worker. Excuses like, you didn't work hard enough today. Or you got here late. Or you quit too soon. Or I don't like how you plowed my field, so guess what? I'm not going to pay you. This poor man depended on getting his money to feed his wife and children and since the rich man had the purse strings and was able to influence the courts he would get the worker put in jail or worse put to death James informs us today how when you treat the poor and the oppressed wrongly their wages cry out to God and the Bible says that the cries of of the reapers have reached the Lord of Sabbath. Now, that is not Sabbath. Don't get that twisted. It is Sabbath. And that word Sabbath uh, in the Greek, when you take it back to the Hebrew, literally means they are crying out to the warrior God, that they are crying out to the Lord who is the God of the host, that they are crying out to God as an ultimate warrior that they are crying out to the God who is the commander in chief of Israel's army. They are crying out to the God who is the commander in chief of the angelic host. They are crying out to the God who is a battle ax and a mighty fortress and a strong tower. And they are crying out to the God that will vindicate them against the rich land owner. There is a word of caution for those who mistreat, underpay, or don't pay their employees a fair living wage. This is a word for those who treat others with no regard for their dignity, conspire to cheat them out of everything, defraud them of possession and wages, and have no care for mistreated people. In other words, I'm mighty afraid that some of these CEOs of Fortune 500 companies will one day have to stand in the judgment and give an account for how they have treated those who were beneath them. Let me, if I could, just dare say that when we look at the annals of history, and we will look at what has taken place as far as our times is concerned, God is not pleased when one half of 1% of the world's population controls 80% of the wealth. God is not pleased with how the United States Its European allies, China and Russia, have divided up the continent of Africa and have stolen its natural vital resources. God is not pleased that over two-thirds of the world's population is severely below the poverty line and that those countries are predominantly filled with black and brown people. And may I dare say. That God is not pleased. With the historical record. Of the United States of America. When it comes to slavery. Because in this text. About how James described the rich landowners, That's the same stuff. That happened to our ancestors from 1619 until 1863. And may I dare say. Y'all ain't going to like it. The United States will be judged. For how we have treated those of African descent. And I don't know about anybody else. But when judgment comes. I want to be on the Lord's side. Yeah, Yeah, judgment is coming. As a matter of fact, judgment might be here right now. But I'm glad I'm on the Lord's side. Uh, I know talking about money ain't nothing to shout about. Uh, Let me give you this last thing, and we'll take the Lord's Supper because he gave that to us. Um, Finally, in verse 5, abandon the toxicity of flashy treasure. Abandon the toxicity of flashy treasure. James tells us how the toxicity of flashy treasure has poisoned these rich, arrogant non-believers they have been defined and described by their items of luxury and it has puffed them up with pride they think there's something because they live in a grand house and wear fancy clothes they they live in excess and the bible talks about how their luxury has so fattened them up Until they're like a hog getting ready for the slaughter. Again, please, ma'am. Please, sir. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having the finer things in life. But you got to be careful not to let those things become your God. There comes a time when you realize there is only one car you can drive at a time. That there's only one house you can live in. That there's only one outfit you can put on at a time. Don't become so enamored with your wealth that you diminish your worship. Wealth cannot bring you joy. You will not find happiness in things you will not find wholeness in material possessions how many of y'all have brought a new car and as soon as the new car smell wore off as soon as the first payment was due you were scratching your head wondering why in the world did i do this How many of you all, if you're honest, can testify that if you were to go to your closet right now. That there are some clothes in your closet. That still got tags on them. That there are some shoes you have yet to wear. That's been in your closet for about two or three years. Yeah, I know I'm walking heavy right now. How, how, How many of you have. Houses and there's some rooms you haven't been to in months because your house is so big. And then when you look at your checkbook and you take an assessment of what you've given to the Lord, it's zero. Don't be a Scrooge. Don't 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 be a Scrooge. Don't 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 be a Scrooge. Now I know this is hard heavy, and, and I ain't getting ready to take up another collection. I'm not getting ready to ask you for a sacrificial offering. But I will say this that, that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and and all these other things will be added. Will be added un, unto you. Um, 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 <laughs> there there I, I love my predecessor, Dr. Greg Moss. Dr. Moss tells me that the major difference between me and him is he didn't like to talk about money, and I ain't got no problem talking about it. <laughs> I said, big brother, you are correct. Why? Because I discovered that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. In our conversation, he said, you know, St. Paul, we're not like the other big churches. Uh, I, we got folks that are of modest means and I say yeah my predecessor we do have folks of modest mean but those modest means still go to the malls those modest means still get their nails done those modest means still get their hair cut those modest means still get their hair did Those modest means still put gas in their cars. Those modest means still have it going on. Here's what I'm trying to impress upon you, St. Paul. That where your treasure is, it's a sign of where your God is. It is all a matter of priority. Now, I know somebody's writing me off. I know somebody's talking about me. I see the bubble over your head. There you go, talking about money again. But Jesus said more about our possessions than he did about salvation. Because Jesus understood that for a lot of us, money can mess us up. There's a, 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 a gentleman by the name of John D. Rockefeller. Anybody ever heard of Rockefeller? John D. Rockefeller uh, was one of the richest men in world history. Y'all think that Bill Gates and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos had money. Back back then, John D. Rockefeller was like they are in our culture. Now, you don't ever hear about Bezos and Musk and, of course, Gates going to church. But Rockefeller was a churchman. Uh, he had a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He made his money in the oil industry through what is known then as standard oil. And around the age of 55, Rockefeller was dying. He was barely eating milk and crackers while spending most of his day in bed. He didn't have a good night's rest for at least five years. He suffered digestive issues where he just could not eat he was miserable but he was dying a slow painful death he had a blood disease that caused his body to be racked in pain rockefeller had ulcers in his digestive system that kept him from eating and the doctors told him uh, death is imminent rockefeller scratched his head And said to himself, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well do some of the things I've been wanting to do for a long time. And Rockefeller started doing one thing that he hadn't done so much of at that point in his life. And this one thing, he said, changed his life for the better. And it restored his health. And he lived for another 43 years. Do y'all know what that one thing was? He began to give his money away to make society a lot better. Did you not know that Rockefeller and his money is responsible for Spelman College? His money is responsible for transforming the University of Chicago. From a small Baptist school into a world-class educational institution. His money funded what is now known as the American Baptist Home Mission Society. That propped up and gave money to schools like Virginia Union. And Morehouse College. And Natchez Seminary, which eventually became my alma mater, Jackson State University. Rockefeller is the one that built the gigantic Riverside Church in New York City with his own money and endowed it where they don't even have to raise any money. If they don't want to raise any money, they can just draw down from their investment to pay people their salary. He was made better because he stopped hoarding his wealth and started circulating his wealth. I don't want to be Scrooge. I don't want to be Scrooge. Um, As your pastor, um, interestingly, and and I wouldn't say unfortunately, but but interestingly, if you were to take my giving, and if you think that I'm tithing, and you look at my giving and you try to figure out my tithe, you would come out wrong. And the reason you will come out wrong is because I give tithes and offering. You missed it. You look at my giving, I ain't talking about me and Pierre's giving because Pierre gives her own. And Pierre does not have a full time job, she's a consultant, which basically means it depends on what work folks have for her to give. But interestingly, when you look at my giving, I am. And the top five givers here at St. Paul Church, not 5%, but top five. As a matter of fact, I'm really top three. And when you look at my giving, God knows I wish I made that much money. But I don't. But my mother taught me at an early age what it meant to give to the lord and i've been a tither ever since i was 12 years old and i'm teaching my daughter how to do the same thing Pierre does the same thing can you imagine where saint paul would be if we had 100 of us giving tithes and offerings now 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 most of y'all clapping y'all ain't tithing. I know because I look at the giving. We only have really 25% of the people that are doing 75% of the giving. But the problem is not that you don't have it. It's where your priority is. Now, again, I ain't getting ready to take up an offering. Now, again, I'm not asking you to get ready to go into your envelopes or Going to your gimplifying gift. No, but what I am saying is, I don't want to be a Scrooge, and I don't want you to be a Scrooge. If you remember, and I'm closing, if you remember the story, Scrooge had three ghosts to come pay him a visit. Sc- Scrooge had three spirits to come pay him a visit on three consecutive nights. But I'm here to let you know. I don't need three ghosts to pay me a visit. All I need is one ghost, and that one ghost is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost reminds me of what I need to do. Can I tell y'all? I'm getting ready to go take my seat. You can't have the Holy Ghost and be greedy. Uh huh. I knew it was gonna get quiet. You can't have the Holy Ghost and be stingy. You can't have the Holy Ghost and be tyrannical. You can't have the Holy Ghost and be oppressive. Why? Because when you and I have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit working in our lives, the Holy
6: Spirit will give us something that money cannot buy. Y'all, I haven't done it in the
0: last couple of weeks, but God knows I feel something pushing me right now. Uh, I, I, I want to let you know that 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 when you when you have uh, the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Ghost will give you something that money cannot handle. Uh, when you have the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Ghost will give you stuff that you cannot buy at Belk's, Neiman Marcus, Macy's, or Sears. Uh, and God knows. Uh, Somebody said uh, you need Jesus to get into heaven, but I'm here to tell you uh, that in today's culture You need Jesus just to make it through Walmart That's
6: because uh, when you look at all uh, that's going on around you I've discovered uh, that God uh, will give you some
0: things uh, that your money cannot buy Who am I talking to this morning That ain't afraid to testify That because you have the Holy Ghost That you got some things that money cannot buy That now because you have the Holy Ghost uh, You got some things
6: you can't get at the store Can I tell you what the Holy Ghost will give you uh, That'll bless your soul real good Uh, The Holy Ghost will give you uh, Joy that is unspeakable Authority that is unquestionable, love that is unmeasurable, power that is unconquerable, justice that is unblameable, wisdom that is unfathomable, glory
0: that is undefinable, Peace that is unsurpassable, truth that is unshakable, a touch that is unforgettable, goodness that is unimaginable, presence that
6: is unmistakable, forgiveness that is unexplainable, faithness that is undeniable, patience that is unbearable, grace that is incomprehensible, friendship that is unmatchable, foundation that is unmovable. ¡Hola! purpose that is undefeatable uh, so you can have what you want to have but I'd rather have Jesus uh, than silver and gold uh, because I have discovered uh, that silver and gold fluctuates uh, but do I have anybody uh, in the house this morning uh, that ain't ashamed to testify uh, that when you didn't have a dime uh, you had a God on your side uh, and my God uh, is able to supply all your needs uh, according to his riches uh, in glory uh, through Christ Jesus. Doggone it. uh, I done preached myself happy. Uh, Let's go ahead and have church. Uh, Is there anybody in the house uh, that ain't afraid to testify uh, that when you gave unto the Lord, uh, the Lord gave it back to you. Uh, Is there any in the house uh, that ain't afraid to testify? Uh, You can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try the more you give the more he gives to you so do I have anybody they ain't afraid to testify that because you gave to God he gave some stuff back to you he gave you a peace of mind he gave you joy in your sorrow he gave you hope for tomorrow do I have anybody they ain't afraid to testify that when you were hungry he was your bread that when you were thirsty uh, he was your water that he put a roof over your head uh, that he put food uh, on your table. uh, And since he done all that, uh, can I get about five of uh, y'all? I'll make six uh, that'll lift up your hands, uh, give God praise, uh, and tell the Lord, thank you for all you've done. a Scrooge
0: don't be a Scrooge. Here, here is the essence of cognitive dissonance and y'all ain't gonna like what I'm getting ready to say but here's the essence of cognitive dissonance where I want us to get a realignment how can you shout lift up hands and give God praise And not give God anything. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. If you're able, stand on your feet. If you're able. To to those to those business people, we got a business, and I don't think that would be the case with disciples of St. Paul, but I say it just as a general aside. Treat your employees fair. Not now, now, I know somebody, I see the bubble over your head. Pastor, I got some, some crazy employees. Well, you deal with them, but treat the ones that's doing the work fair. <laughs> let, 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 let me share this. Um, Folks can't live on $7.25 an hour. Not here in these United States. I really do hope one day that we'll be able to create some equilibrium across the world where we lift up our brothers and sisters that are in poverty in Africa and the Caribbean and in Asia, uh, uh, in South America. Uh, there are more poor people than there are rich people, but God is going to hold rich people on judgment day responsible for a whole lot of wrong that they've done. I don't want you. I don't want you to be one of those persons. Um, Sister Gwen can tell you that that when I came to, to St. Paul and I saw what the staff was getting, I was like, I'm amazed they still here. And one of the things I started doing was increasing their salary um, and making sure they had a good retirement plan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made sure they had a good retirement plan. Some somebody said, we're going to do all that for them. I said, you ain't paying them what they could get in corporate. I'm surprised they're still here, um, but I want to make sure my full-time employees. And, and they, they will tell you, and I'm not saying this for bragging purposes, I'm really just saying this because a lot y'all just don't know. But every year I've been here, the board will give me a bonus because of what the Lord has been doing in his church financially. And they will give me a bonus and it will be a nice little bonus. Amen, yeah, yeah, amen. I, I could go. Amen. I mean, nice little bonus. I look at what they give them Go, but every year, and I'm not saying this for bragging. I want y'all to just know that every year I've given my bonus to staff. Every year. Why? Because I I, I want to give them the lift that they need. We got some good staff, people. We got some great, we got great staff. I know I shouldn't say this. I may get a letter, somebody may call me about this, but if you hit the lottery, we will appreciate your tithe. So I could really put staff where I would like for them to be. And so that we can do a lot of the work that we need to do around here. Uh, I ain't kidding. I'm serious. We will. Amen. Uh, <laughs> um, but moving from the ridiculous to the sublime, God has been more than gracious and kind to us. And the best way, let me, get, let me move forward. The best way that God has done that is that God sent Jesus to die for our sins. God is nowhere near Scrooge, and if we're God's sons and daughters, we shouldn't be either. Here, here it is. I want to right now, for those that are in-house, for those that are watching us online, that at this moment, if this word was meant for you, here's the thing. Don't let God baptize your body and not baptize your wallet or your purse. When God converts you, God is converting your pocketbook as well. If you're here right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, with the God of the cosmos who makes the wealth of all the richest people in the world look like small change, I want to invite you to have that relationship with him. I want to lead you in a short prayer, a prayer of new life, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer of a brand new start. And if this prayer is meant for you, i'm going to ask you to make a decision right now and so if you wouldn't mind and as we say this prayer for those of us that have that relationship it's a reminder of our relationship with god but if this hits you i want you to make a decision so let's bow our heads and if you will repeat after me god i thank you for blessing me with material possessions but most of all i want to thank you for giving us your son jesus christ who died for my sins i believe he died on a cross i believe you raised him from the dead and i believe one day he's going to come back but until then send your holy spirit into my life i make a commitment to live for you forgive me of my sins. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Hear me and hear me well. If you just prayed that prayer online and you meant that prayer in your head and your heart, uh and you want to be saved, you want a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're on Facebook or on our church website, would you type in salvation right now? Type in salvation when our digital ministers are going to reach out to you. If you are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, if you would call us at the church office at 704-334-5309 or email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Leave your name, telephone number, contact information. By 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps you need to do. If you're here at church right now. And you prayed that prayer. And you want a relationship with God. Through confessing your faith in Jesus Christ. And you prayed that prayer. And you meant it in your head. And in your heart. And you want to have a change in your life. Would you just hold up your hand right now? Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? You want to make a change in your life. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. If you got your hand up, I want to encourage you to come down right now. I want you to encourage you to come down. Your relationship with God is personal, but it ain't never meant to be private. I want to encourage you to come down right now. If you're watching us on, uh, online and you're saying, hey, Pastor, I'm already saved, uh, but I want a church home, I want to connect with St. Paul Uh, I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Even under watch care. That basically means that you're here temporarily, but uh, you just want to connect with the place. I want you to type in on Facebook or website, connect. When our digital ministers will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or on telephone, listen to us on telephone. Call us at 704-334-5309 or email us at connect at spbcnc.org. We'll let you know by 5 o'clock tomorrow what the next steps are. We would love for you to connect with us. If you're in-house and you're saying, Pastor, listen, I'm tired of bouncing around from church to church. I'm tired of being a nomad, just wondering. And I would love to connect with St. Paul. I would love for you to connect with us. Again, I love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If that's you, you're looking for a church home, would you put up your hand right now? Would you put up your hand? Would you put up your hand? If you're looking for a church home, we would love to have you to come. Would you put up your hand? Put up your hand. Would you put up your hand? If you're looking for a church home right now, do me this favor. If that's you, would you just go ahead and walk down right now? Go ahead and walk down right now. If you're joining us online, we thank God for you. If you're looking for a place to belong, We would love for you to come. Right now is your chance. Right now is your opportunity. We invite you to take that step to go ahead and come down. To go ahead and come down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Someone go get my sister. Someone go get my sister. Amen. I see uh, Deacon Marilyn. Would you come meet her? Amen. Will there be another? Will there be another? St. Paul, we could do a whole lot better than that. We can do a whole lot better than that. We can do a whole lot better than that. Amen. Will there be another? 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 another? Right now is your chance. Right now is your opportunity. I think I got about 24, 25 people that are waiting to go through CEO. Somebody saying the church ain't growing. I said, can't be saying that about St. Paul. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? You all can go ahead and take your seat. I, I, I want to just make sure that we we don't miss anybody in the house right now. If you want to come back home, we invite you to renew your relationship with St. Paul. If you've been away for some time, Amen. Will there be another? Will there be another? St. Paul, can you help me to celebrate my sister that has come? We could do a whole lot better than that. Those that are online are clapping for you. I'm going to put on my mask. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking this risk. I know I ain't got time to be doing all that flip stuff. But thank you for taking this risk to to come down and to be a part of our fellowship. We are honored that God has sent you our way. You are our gift today. And we thank you for that. So, this is what we're going to do. Lady right here, that's Deacon Marilyn, and she's uh, helped to coordinate our membership. They're gonna take you in the back, they're gonna get information, let you know what the next steps are. Uh, and I presume that you are already a Christian, so we want to make sure she get communion. So, um, uh, if you want to do it, you want me to give you communion, take back there with her, y'all can do that now. Did you get communion when you came in? All right, you got she got our communion already, amen. You good to go, all right? So, God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you in our new members' plan. Amen. Come on, St. Paul. Let's give God praise. Come on, deacons. Let's go ahead and let's move forward as far as communion is concerned. Um, I'm going to try to get y'all out of here by 12. I know somebody's saying, Pastor, we ain't worried about time, but I am. Does everybody have their elements? Those that are online, if you would, um, get your element, get your grape juice and crackers. If some of y'all got wine, God bless you. We're doing grape juice. Who, (laughs) Who have we missed in the house that does not have their communion? alright I see someone in the back do we have someone in the balcony alright okay we got some in the balcony as well do we have anybody in the balcony that has communion elements alright okay Before you open your communion elements, you might want to shake it uh, because it does settle. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, as we get ready to come and to partake of bread and wine, we thank you for what Jesus did for us on a hill called Calvary. He became our substitute. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And for that we say thank you god as we come forgive us of our sins and thought word and deed sins of omission as well as commission help us to be better god as we come right now help us to understand that none of us are worthy to partake of this meal but you make us able to do it so we're not doing this irreverently or cavalierly but respectfully and reverently as if we're dealing with the very essence of who you are bless these elements right now in Jesus name we pray amen beloved It was on a faithful Thursday night when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples that he took a loaf of bread, he lifted it toward heaven, he blessed it, and he broke it. He told his disciples, take, eat, this is my body that should be given for thee, let us eat. Likewise, he took a common cup and he lifted it towards heaven and he gave thanks to his father. And then he brought it back down and he passed it around his disciples and said, drink ye all of it for this is the blood of the new covenant that's going to be shed for the remissions of sin. Beloved, let us drink. Amen. The Bible says afterwards they sang to the him and they went out to the Mount of Olives and today we shall do likewise following directions of Our ushers as we prepare to leave. And so if you would, just keep your seat. Uh, The ushers will come by and let you know how to go row by row, starting at the bottom. Those at the top, you also can follow their directions as you come down as well. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you that you have removed from a lot of our lives the Scrooge mentality. And now, God, as we come and we leave from this place and space, but never your presence, keep us in your sovereign care. Empower us, oh God, to be better leaving this place than we were prior to coming in. Thank you, oh God, for sending your ultimate gift, your son Jesus Christ, for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you even more. If you will follow the directions of the ushers, if we can have some good giving, some good leaving music, amen, we would appreciate it. Um, Those that have your elements, there are trash cans out in the hallway, in the vestibule, if you would deposit them um, in that, and um, we can go. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and let's just move as quickly as possible. Thank you all so much, and I can't wait to see you all again. God bless you.